0: Do you ever struggle with balancing joy and poo in your life? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for life and leadership in Christ. I'm so excited today to have a local guest. Rebecca Ryan is a a coach. She's a voice of wisdom she's somebody that you need to listen to and she balances the very real nature of joy and pain of joy and poo as she calls it it's such a fun conversation with her i was introduced to her through a dear friend of mine nicole and i think that she's got so much to offer us i like the way she talks about rewiring your brain and studying quiet whispers such a good conversation with rebecca if this conversation is helpful to you do me a favor follow her all over social media it would be such a huge help to her as she continues to build her coaching business and uh, if you're looking for a good coach especially if you're um, a young woman out there and you're looking for a female voice she would be an excellent excellent resource so now without any further ado here's my conversation with Rebecca Ryan Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to have entrepreneur, author, and coach Rebecca Ryan with us. Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time and your willingness to jump on the podcast today.
1: Thank you. Super excited to be here.
0: Well, you mentioned before we hit record, you've listened to a couple episodes. So this first question may not be a surprise to you. I love to start in the macro and kind of go deep right off the bat. And I love to ask the question... How would you describe the calling that God has placed on your life?
1: Yep. I definitely have heard you (laughs) ask that question before. So all this week I've been kind of looking for clues to tell Mm. me like, God, tell me, where are you showing up? And really everyone hopes for this big magical moment, like this big revelation. And I've never had that. My whole life has been steady, quiet whispers from God. And, um, I'm 47 now. It's taken me 47 years to really be like, ah, that was God. Oh, that was God. That small moment in nature, that was God, like these small little revelations. So I think God shows up for me. He's calling me to be a quiet leader, a leader who's like, I I, I liken to myself as to like the everyday Joe. I'm like the everyday Joe of spirituality. I love to show people that I'm so broken. I'm so confused. Sometimes when I go to church, I've got major imposter syndrome. And I used to kind of hide that and be like, oh God, everyone else is getting it, but I'm not getting it. But now I tell people like, I don't always feel it the way others feel. And that's okay. God's God's wiring us in a certain way to communicate to each other. So mine is never going to be like praying to thousands of people and leading groups. I'm the one who's kind of like in the corner with the drug addict who's recovering saying, I know, man, I know it's, it's hard, isn't it? But Jesus loves you. Like those are the people I'm showing up for kind of the not misfits, but people who have kind of been scared off by traditional church. God calls me. I really feel to, to walk with those people. I feel most comfortable with people who feel um, maybe intimidated by church and God, and they don't, they can't wear their spirituality on their sleeve. They're waiting for someone to give them permission, to invite them to the table to say, hmm. gosh, we're all confused. We're all flailing. Come with me. You're cool. We got this. <laughs> so whatever that means, I don't know how God is, is doing that in me, but I, that's the consistency I see throughout my entire life. That's, that's who I am. I make people feel comfortable. I, I say, come with me because I don't get all of it either here's the secret. You know, Instagram is fake. They don't get it either all the time.
0: <laughs> <Right. Amen. laughs>
1: so come with me and we'll chat about it. And just this past year, especially, um, I've gone to couples camp with my husband through the church I attend. And really, I've felt God speak to me of like, be a leader. He keeps saying, be a leader, take action. And I'm not a leader per se. I'm more of a, hey, I'm going to have fun and see where life takes me kind of person. Like, a little bit too um, fly by the seat of my pants, but I feel like God has been calling me to be like, you've got what it takes. Like stop looking to others to provide leadership to you. Be be my, present myself, present Jesus to the world in the way that you know how, your best language. And I was shy about that for years because I'm like, well, you have to be this, this and this to be a Christian. And I'm just not that I'm not the mom who is buttoned up and quiet and making cookies for her kids. I'm more like, and I grew up in New York, so I'm like, hey, come on, come on, come on, come on, <laughs> like real boisterous. And I'm just, I don't fit the bill of what I perceive as the perfect Christian, which that's all in my head. That's, that's no one else's fault but mine. But I think God wires us to be exactly who we are. And we're, when we're not who we are, that's a disservice. And that's essentially, in a nutshell, what I think God is calling me to tell people. Show up as you are because who you are is so cool, so amazing. We all have room mm. to be better, but celebrate. If God delights in me, like that really rang a bell with me this past year. I heard um, someone else in my Bible study say, God delights in you. And it made me emotional because I can't, I still get choked up when I think about God delighting in me. Like, is that amazing? <laughs> like
0: yeah.
1: after all the, the mistakes we make and the, the times we don't trust him, The times where our ego takes over, you know, God's like, come on, dude, (laughs) you're amazing as is. You don't have to prove yourself to me. I've already delighted in you from the second I've known you. That's powerful. I didn't expect to get emotional already, but that's who I am. I'm just so (laughs) real. I'm just like, yeah, and here we are.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That that answers your question.
1: God calls me to be real, to be vulnerable. And, um, I just love connecting with people by showing them you don't have to wait for perfection to arrive. God Mm -hmm. loves you as you are coming to the table, bringing everything that you have because you are who you are on purpose. It's no mistake.
0: Uh, Now I think that this uh, version of leadership, and I I think there's probably lots of different types of leaders listening and you're relating with a lot of them right now. I'm kind kind of curious, was this kind of a, a, was this a catalytic moment in your life where you started to see the people on the margins? Was there uh, a story in your um, adolescent life or your, your younger life or even in your young adult life? Or was this more of just like over the years you began to see the people on the margins in a way that other leaders didn't?
1: Um, if I think about it, and I have thought about it this week, um, kind of started when I was 13. I was born with hip dysplasia, um, mm. it's pretty severe. So I had to have surgeries from the time I was six months old again, when I was two years old and full length body casts. And then again, when I was 13, it just, the, my hip was still falling out of the socket. So they tried to rebuild it. I was on a body cast again for, for, um, two months mm. and then on crutches for a full year. And it, really, when I think about it, you have two months to sit around and think of nothing. Mm. <laughs> um, And I was 13, there was no internet back then. There wasn't even, I didn't have cable, I didn't have anything, so I just sat there and really started to do some deep thinking and I really started to feel God kind of talk to me back then um, and feel the pain of others. Um, I saw kids with cancer at at the hospital. I'd never Mm -hmm. been exposed to any suffering before then, no. And I just saw like, okay, life is very hard. I'm very happy that I just have to be on this body cast. There's kids who are dying down the hall. So I really, really felt that um, it was very hard to, to take. But at the same time, I was it empowered me with this work ethic, which um, is kind of my superpower. I've got this work ethic that I can literally do anything I set my mind to because I had to learn to walk again. I had to be so wow. determined waking up at 530 in the morning just to walk again. I didn't. I, there was no other choice. I was like, yeah, we're doing this. So I work so hard to get things done, but sometimes I tune God out because I'm like, I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. I've got to do it. There's no failure. I've got to do this. But that same work ethic is the same one that kind of muffles the voice of God and surrendering to him saying, oh, I've got some help. Whew, awesome. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I think just being exposed to that having to, um, to tap into life and to, to really succeed. Um, and I remember waking up the day I got my body cast off. I was so scared. I was just like, I can't do this. This is so scary to have to, all all my muscles had atrophied. I sat up in bed and I passed out even like my middle ear was off. So I I knew that that day was going to be the start of having to walk over, learning to walk again. So I, I remember waking up at the Cleveland clinic and being like, I can't do this. And I I heard God say, do the work, face this, do the work. So since then, I've really been empowered to just do the work, (laughs) just do the work. Um, Don't talk about it. Don't make your vision board about it. Vision boards are great. Action has to accompany your vision and your prayer. God loves that you pray, but he's like, come on, you got to meet me halfway. (laughs) You got to work, do the work. So that's really where it. My heart started to open up of like, okay, do the work. And um, seeing people on the margins, yes, that's always been on my heart. I wanted to go to the Peace Corps after high school, but I chickened out, and I—that is a regret I have. I just have always been called to to serve and meet with people. Um, my friend in high school, she got pregnant when she was seventeen, um, and there was this another wake-up call of like, life does not turn out the way we envision. And um, I talked to her the other day and she's like, you never left my side. You never judged me. Mm. You you walk the walk with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, who wouldn't? I just can't imagine judging or leaving anyone behind because we're all going to make mistakes. And who's to say that was a mistake? Like, who am I to say? I've done a lot of stupid things. And if people gave up on me because of those stupid things, like that's just not how God calls us to be. Not judgmental at all. So that's truly my heart works for sure.
0: One of the things that I see in your content a ton is the tension between joy and suffering. Oh my and gosh. I think if we talk about if we talk about joy, it's really easy to talk about the Lord and the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But also you seem to have a really deep understanding of suffering in the Lord. And now that I know a little bit more of your story, it clearly yeah. comes from your your childhood. Yeah. I, talk to the leader out there or the mom or you know, they're both Typically, Um, and (laughs) talk to the the person who's listening, who's like, "Man, I just feel like I'm in such a season of suffering." Mm -hmm. How do you connect with God in the midst of all of that suffering and hold it in tension with the joy?
1: Yeah. So one thing I'm really um, cautious of is toxic positivity, of like, "Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful." I tell people, if you can't be grateful right now, that's okay. That's okay. Let's, it's, again, the real side of me who's like, let's sit in the darkness together. Let's take a breath. Admit that it's hard. Call out to God. Say, this is too much right now. And just literally sit in silence and pray. And don't don't mm. feel like, well, everyone else is so grateful. I got to be grateful. People throw that word around, like, be grateful. Have gratitude. If you're not there yet, that's Okay. God hasn't abandoned you. God hasn't done this to you. God is sitting with you with his, his head and his hands saying, I hate this for you. I hate it. I'm here. And um, I think we get so swallowed by the mystery of it and the darkness of it when we're in these tough times. We can't see the light and it's okay. You can't see the light sometimes. Sometimes it's more pressure on people to, I'm not seeing the light. I'm not seeing the positive side. What's wrong with me? It's okay you get a pass today, you're, you're going through a divorce, you're bankrupt, you're, you're struggling with addiction. Breathe, surrender, call out to God. Don't, don't be sad that you have nothing to be grateful for because you will see, your lens will change as you step out of the darkness. So I think that's what I, I tell people I, I coach. Um, I meet with people who sometimes struggle with their past and I say, can you look back on that without dwelling on it? but it is who you are. Can you you see something that came of that, something that you can be grateful, grateful for now looking back? And then often I think it comes after you've stepped out of it. Oh yeah. Like for me, I have a good work ethic now. I'm closer to God because of my struggles. But when you're in it, the most pandering, condescending thing I think you can say to someone is, well, God gives you what you can handle and there's a reason for everything. No, I want you to tell me this sucks. I want you to sit with me. I want you to pray with me. I want you to say, I wish I had the answers. For leaders to say that, man, that's powerful to say, I see you. I'm so sorry you're struggling. And not to say, Is there anything I can do? To show up with a gift card to Kroger, show up with a mop in your hand, just to show up. And again, it's the action, it's not saying, Can I help you? Because I'm divorced. When I went through my divorce, people would say, oh, I wish I could help. But I'm thinking like, you could. I'm really poor right now. I'm struggling. <laughs> right. And uh, I, I was secretly hoping like, people, I wish you would just show up with a gas card because this is hard raising two kids on my own. <laughs> but I guess that vulnerability is what I would tell leaders is your, your ultimate superpower. Don't th- And it's, it is our, our instinct as Christians to say, oh, this Bible verse says this that's fine, but someone might not have the bandwidth to be there right now when they're struggling. Um, A Bible verse might help, but what's more God-like and Jesus-like is showing up and saying, I see you. I want to help. Tell me what to do. and I'm doing it. And if you're not grateful right now, wonderful. I I got you. Let me carry some of the weight for you.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting. One of the things that the Lord has been telling me a lot lately is that, that struggle is not a problem to be solved, rather attention to be held.
1: Yes, that's it precisely. Yes, that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah. and so that's that's really what I hear you you kind of saying, and it's yes. it's interesting, right? Because it's I don't want to necessarily that's that's kind of become a, a, a banner in the work that you do, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention your book here. That mm. I'm going to read the whole title because it's just it's such a good title. <laughs> it's so uh, dumb. And uh, of course, people can pick this up at your website, but uh, What Waits Ahead is way better and way worse than you imagined. True stories of balancing joy and poo in life. (laughs) Yes. So first, honestly, first time in uh, almost 300 podcast recordings that I've ever had poo in the title of a book. So congratulations.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> how,
0: how did you know? Um, how did you know? How did you know that God like put this on your heart? I mean, because this is, um, from all accounts, it's a very vulnerable kind of gu- guide to just the ups and downs of life, right? Like it's not yeah. this. Is, it's it's not quite a memoir, but it's um, you're definitely giving a, a, a peek behind the curtain, so to speak.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's really. What my goal was, um, especially for women, and I'm not trying to be sexist or stereotypical, but women, we just love to think we've got it all together. I can handle this. I can have a career. I can have a family. I can do it all. Um, We're driving ourselves crazy. We're like slowly um, exhausting ourselves. Hmm. And I wanted, I just got, I had heard enough of that from friends complaining, like, my husband doesn't do anything. I got to do it all. Like, but why are we thinking that? So I wanted to really, like like you said, like peek behind the curtain of like, hey, I'm broken. I can't figure this out either. So let's women support women and celebrate that there's awesome times in our lives, but there's really ugly times too, and both are equally as important. And don't don't just again, don't put the Instagram story of like, yay, my kids are awesome which I do that too. You don't post when your kids are talking back and disobedient. So So I'm just as guilty, but I also wanted to be vulnerable again and put it out there of like, hey, here's ways you can empower yourself and to be like, okay, this didn't work out so well, but how can I move forward? And at the end of each chapter, I have a conversation starter just to get people thinking like, okay, what can I do? Again, what action can I take? not just going to think about these things that have held me back, how can I change the trajectory of my life? No longer sit in these imposter syndromes of like, well, I can't do that. Or limiting beliefs of like, I'm not good enough. How can you change it? How can you move forward? Because I think women, we do get into these um, kind of self-conscious spirals where we're like, oh, I'm I'm getting older. Oh, I'm not cute enough. Like, I don't know that men struggle like that. So I really wanted to speak to women of like, can we think beyond surface? Can we think about our brains, not just our bodies? Can we really stop trying to do it all and surrender yourself? Can we ask each other for help and just celebrate life in better ways?
0: Hey guys, just pause this conversation with Rebecca to remind you to check out our coaching services, follow to leadcoachingcom follow the number 2leadcoaching.com. I work with Christian executives as they live a life of integrity. What's integrity mean? It means a fully integrated life. This idea of integrity is so important to me, and I want to help you walk with Jesus as you lead others and be the most successful executive that you can be. Not only executive, but husband, mother, father, daughter, all the things. So if, if there's any way that I can help you, check out our website, follow2leaguecoaching.com. the number, two, Now let's finish up this conversation with Rebecca. One of the terms that I've seen you use in some of your content is the fog of motherhood. And this feels like it kind of goes a little bit with that. Uh, I'm curious if you could, um, if you could just talk to the dudes out there, right. The husbands, Mm, right. And so if you're, if you were going to coach them on how to be a better husband to a mom who's in the fog, first of all, how do we know, how do we know and what do we do? Or do we do anything? I, I it's uh, it feels like an overwhelming task to try to be like oh, I don't know what to do, right? Like, and I want to be loving and supporting all at the same time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Gosh, it's so good. Um, since I am a woman, I'll speak to that. We we think we can do it all. So when a man, a husband comes up and says. I'm going to do this for you for, not for you. I'm going to, I'm going to do this for us today. Like take the initiative to say, I see you. And just to validate, to say, oh my gosh, you were working so hard. I can't believe you did this, this be specific. Say, I can't believe you've done this, this, and this today. The women that I coach, they, they are moms. And some of them are like, I just don't know who I am beyond a mom and a wife. Hmm. And there's guilt and shame because sometimes we think, well, that should be enough. Why do I strive for more? That should be enough. But, but P.S., women have brains and we love <laughs> to feel intelligent. We think it's like sexy when you tell us we're intelligent, not just, oh, hey, I love that you vacuumed the floor. Like, no, say, hey, I love that you did this, that you made this accomplishment. That helps the fog lift because the fog comes when we're just wired to give our best selves to our kids into our families until by default, there's nothing left for us. And husbands, men, I, they're just better about it. They'll be like, I'm going to my men's group. I'm going to go hang out in my, my garage. Like men are great at being like, I know what I need for self-care. And women are like, well, I'll get to that at the very end of my list. So if men could just remember that and say, I'm not asking, I'm telling. You are going to the spa today. You you're going to do this and empower every day. Like, man, you're amazing. Not just you're beautiful. You're awesome. You are so smart. I am so touched by all the things you do. So really just showing up and not, not, it can be really intimidating. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, I don't know what to do. Do it again. Take action. Get in there. Be vulnerable. That scary word. Be vulnerable and say, I see you. When a woman feels seen, and known beyond her role as a mom and a wife. She loves those roles if she has them, but it's just so cool to know that you're something beyond that.
0: One of the things that we say around here a lot is that if you're not, uh, if you're not dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And uh, I, I notice one of the things that you do in your coaching process is to work with people to develop better habits. And so Imagine that you were coaching um this mom female executive who's got a thousand things going on. What are your like go-to 3 to 5 daily habits that can drastically change someone's life? Like if you were going to give like the 30,000 overview and this is completely unfair because I'm sure that your coaching is is more (laughs) relational and reactive than it is just prescriptive. But I I think if we were going to give people like a, a taste of what are some of the habits that you recommend for someone who's wrestling with identity and job and mom and husband and all the things, what are some of the the habits?
1: Yeah. And so like you said, it's not prescriptive. It's like we start to, to get to know each other and I'm like, okay, I hear you saying this, I hear you saying that, but almost every time it's, you can you can definitely get rid of Netflix, right? Because that's something that numbs us. What are the things that are numbing us? That's the biggest mm, thing we tackle.
0: That's a great So if question. it's not
1: Netflix, yeah, because we all love to be numb. It feels good. <laughs> just, it just feels good. But if it's too much of it, you can't hear who you are. You can't be your authentic self. And to me, that is how I feel, God, when I am myself. Even when I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could be someone else. But it's it's a disservice. You have to tap into who you are. What's numbing you? A lot of people, it's it's, it's alcohol every night, and you, you got to be real careful and not be like, oh, oh, cut back on the alcohol. You have to ask the right questions of like, how do you how do you numb yourself? Can you replace that with a walk with your husband? And then you you see a triple a, a ripple effect. Oh, my husband is is seeing me in this new light. We're getting stronger. I'm getting healthier. Oh, I'm not numbing myself. I'm seeing who I am. It's holistic. Every part touches other parts. So how are you numbing yourself? Um, How are you, as I ask women, how are you acting towards your kids and your husband? What are you giving to them? And they'll say, oh, all these great things. And I ask, do you do that for yourself? Do Do you speak to yourself so kindly? Do you have grace upon yourself? The same grace and forgiveness you have with your kids, you show up to yourself that way. Gosh, no, I don't do that. And I say, can you do that? Can you do that? not just on your phone, can you, can you put a post-it note on the fridge to show that mama matters and mama is empowering herself. Mama's going to make herself better for everyone. So I say, can you, can you post affirmations? and nothing that feels, I know people can be like, oh, that sounds so woo woo, like an affirmation, but it's, it's whatever. It's again, your words. Sometimes I'll write just like, you're freaking awesome. Like if those are your words, put them on the, the refrigerator so your kids and your husband can see it. If you openly affirm your family, why can't they openly affirm you? And I know that they want to. Women are just like, well, I don't need it. I'm okay. I got this. You do got it, but you can get it even more when you invite others in. So invite others in, stop numbing yourself, get away from that screen. I mean, and again, it is holistic. So how you fuel your body, what you're eating, what you're doing, exercise, man, that goes a long way. And again, that's, that's pretty picky and specific. So I never, I'm never telling people you have to do this, this, and this, but what can you do? Can you start eating like more vegetables every day? Can you see how that might make you feel? Can you step away from sugar a couple times this week and see if there's a difference? So just small things like that, depending on where they are, is definitely where I start. But the first question is always like, how do you numb yourself?
0: So you and I both do, uh, coaching. And I, I obviously know the value of it. I, I suspect you do. You, you do as well. But um, there's somebody listening right now who's like, I don't know that I really need a coach or I mm-hmm. want a coach or like, what's the real <laughs> value of coaching? So, yeah. so pretend like you're talking to that, um, that guy or gal who's like, on the fence about yeah. man, do I really need someone to walk alongside me in this thing called life? Uh, yeah. what, what's the value from your perspective that coaching brings that may be different than anything else?
1: Yeah. So I was skeptical about it myself until I started to read more about it. Uh, the difference is, so therapy is super important. It's about processing. So you're looking back in therapy and you're saying like, okay, that happened. That happened. Whereas coaching, it's like a game plan really. Um, and you can say, well, I've got great, um, um, discipline. I've got great motivation, but the power of coaching is you're sitting down with a person who is not, I'm not someone who's going to say, you have to do this, this, and this. I'm asking deep questions saying, what are your goals? Why mm. haven't you gotten there? What obstacles have gotten in your way? And I'm not going to say they're not going to get in your way again, but what are you going to do when, when our session's done and this obstacle comes back? What plan can you put in place? What feels right for you? I don't want you to, to be fake and say, well, I'm going to lose five like five pounds by this weekend. No, I want you to be real. I'm going to cut out sugar this week. Great, great. That's awesome. That's one small step. You typically don't do that on your own. We have great intentions. We can read all the motivational books in the world and feel really empowered. And we just often don't have the ability to, to To execute to to move on so when you have a coach and then it's this is what i love about coaching what really surprised me the power of sitting down and repeating back to the person like okay you you said the word failure five times in this session and they're like what no i didn't i'm like oh i'll send you the zoom recording because you did (laughs) and like we don't we just don't know we have these thoughts in our heads that they're just there they set up camp for our whole lives we don't question them. We're just, we're, we've become that person. We pigeonhole ourselves into these, these little boxes. And then when someone says, I hear you say this, you've been saying this a lot, what does that mean? They just often get emotional and say, oh, I know why, I know why it's because of this. Okay, great. We're not gonna dwell on that. We're not, not gonna pick at that scab. We're gonna honor it. We're gonna say, yep, it's part of me. How can I support you? as you move on. What goals do you have this week? Just to have that that mirror held up to your face, no one does that to themselves enough.
0: Hmm. So
1: coaching really illuminates who you are, what's missing, what are my blind spots, what's affecting my success, and who am I? We can think, I know who I am, but when someone echoes that back to you, man, that's powerful. A lot of my clients say, I'm so glad that you saw this. Because I kind of thought that was true about me, too. I really have been feeling that. They feel empowered of like, okay, okay, I'm not just imagining this. And they get a little confidence and uh, move beyond just, again, these limiting beliefs of like, I can't do this, I can't do this. Or I I should feel ashamed that I want to do more than, than be a wife and a mom. Rather than, oh, no, that's God. God calls me to be my authentic self. And sometimes you need a partner to do that. Someone this is an important part, someone who's not a friend, someone who's not a spouse, because they're just going to um, like be your cheerleader say, yeah, you've got this. Yeah. I'm calling them out on, on things that I hear. Like, hey, I couldn't help notice that you, it seems like you're not confident because of this thing that happened. How can I help you move past that? Whereas your husband might be like, I'm not going there. <laughs> she's gonna get mad at me he'll just be full of of support and like baby you're great oh you're great but i'm the one who says how do you need to be loved what language do you need to hear what affirmation do you have to Mm. tell yourself what affirmation do your kids have to tell you because then holy cow you're teaching your kids that mama matters they aren't the center of the world. I'm also a human and I need the same love that I'm giving to them. It really gives them the gift of um, loving their kids one day. They'll know how to love and show empathy. And to see that mama is kind of struggling and that's okay. Empathy is the most beautiful thing in the world. If they can see that mom's asking for help, In a not scary way, like no one wants to see the captain of the ship freak out. (laughs) Like The the captain's okay, but she's also asking for, um, hey, celebrate me a little bit. I could use a little more love. Show me how you need to be loved. And that's language we're going to start working on in your entire family and in your head. Because what's in your head is often what's manifested through your actions.
0: Very well stated. Very well stated. I I deeply appreciate that. Um, I have one more question for you, but before I ask it, I know all the people on the interwebs are going to want to learn all about you and coaching and how do they sign up for you. And, um, now do you do guys and gals or mostly just women, or do you have a preference?
1: I do both. Um, I do, I have mostly done moms, specifically moms. Um, and that's not, um, by choice. I just happened to put a Facebook message out there. Saying sure. like, are you, a, are you a mom who feels um, like you're giving your best self to everyone else except for yourself? And I was flooded. <laughs> so the clients I have now are all women. Wow. But to your point, when you asked me to speak to men, I'm like, how powerful would it be to speak to men to say this is what women need? Not in a generality, but a, like this is what... We crave, we crave vulnerability. We crave this, that, and this. That'd be powerful to have men come on board. But yeah, rebeccarine.com. So it's R-I-N-E.com. I've got, um, then, since I'm a writer, I have my book there. I have a blog and I have how they can contact me. To, I yeah, love I'm to do in-person Um, in Dayton, Ohio, I'd love to do in person. Um, we have a Creek in our backyard and I would love to do coaching by the Creek, (laughs) but the way it's been now, I've I've only done online, just zoom calls, but I have a vision to really, to build up Dayton and the surrounding communities. Um, I want to do some sessions for single moms who, you know, are struggling to make ends meet. I would love to serve them to empower them. So I, I'm excited to see where this goes. I am new to it. It's only been about six months, but it's been, the best discovery. It really pulls together my love of communicating to people and taking it a step further to action. But God is telling me, do something, be a leader. Come on, do something. Stop talking mm. about it, do something. So I'm really on fire to help people.
0: So uh, last question I always love to ask people. It's an advice question, right? Where you, I invite you to go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice except mm. I get to name the season of life that you're in. Oh gosh, yeah.
1: scary.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a super fun question. So <laughs> I want to take you back to the day um, your very first child was born.
1: Ooh.
0: Right, if you could yeah. go back in time and pull up a chair with that younger version of yourself, that young mom, yeah. sit knee to knee with her, hold her hands and look her in the eye. What's the one piece of advice you're going to tell her? knowing everything that you know today.
1: Mm. Mm, Show up for her however she needs you to show up for her. Mm. Because moms sometimes think, oh, I've got to do this, this, and this. Nope, each child is different. How I show up for my daughter, she showed me how I need to show up for her. And how I show up for my son is totally different. So, yeah, show up for her how she needs you to show up.
0: beautiful amen that'll preach any day of the week uh, that's
1: right <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rebecca thank you so much for being so generous with your time today for your willingness to pop on here and uh, and share a little bit of your story about how God is working in and through your coaching um, I really hope that we can stay connected as as we both continue to journey in this thing called life
1: yes I would so love that I'm so happy that you reached out I really I love it so much. Thank you.
0: I love the question that Rebecca asked in this episode. What are the things that numb us? She's got such a good voice, a voice that I think we all need to hear and just be reminded about that. It's important to live in that tension of joy and poo. As always, I'm so thankful that you made it to the end of the podcast. Thankful for you guys, for this community, the Reclamation Podcast family. If there's anything I can do to help you, let me know. I'm easy to find at TWMILT at TWMILT. My website, TWMILT.com. Of course, follow the number two lead coaching.com. Um, and as always, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.